In today's episode, we are going to interview the founders of Duconomy. Duconomy is a Swedish company developing tools to empower consumers to make responsible choices. They offer a credit card that tracks the CO2 linked to your purchases, and they partner with companies like MasterCard and the UN to bring their solutions everywhere in the world. Whether you are a private consumer or you own a company, if you want to discover how you can start tracking your CO2 and innovating for a better future, this episode is for you. Welcome to Reset Mindset Podcast, showing you how companies are combining sustainability and profit today. We believe everyone has a responsibility to innovate for a better future. So if you are looking for inspiring stories to reinvent a sustainable future, you are in the right place. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Reset Mindset Podcast. My name is Marcello and with me today is also now. Today we have the amazing privilege to speak to two of the most exciting and inspiring sustainability leaders in Europe. We're talking about uh, the economy's founders, it's Matthias Wikström and Johan Phil. I'm pretty sure I mispronounced both of your names, but why don't you introduce yourself? It's a very good pleasure to have you. Uh, no problem at all, Marcelo. <laughs> uh, no, Matthias here. Um, I'm one of the founders of Duconomy, and today I fill my time working as the CEO. My name is Johan. Um, I'm head of innovation at Duconomy. Cool. I first uh, got in contact with Duconomy, uh, I think it was last year, and uh, it really popped out because of this new concept of, of uh, a credit card. Basically, what popped to my eyes was the fact that the credit card records the CO2 that you have in your transactions and basically puts a limit to the amount of transactions and to CO2 that you can actually spend uh, during the month. But then I digged more into it and I found out how many different projects and interesting partners you have. So why don't you give us a bit of an overview um, of what the economy is and what is it here to do? That's a very, <clears throat> that's a very um, intelligent observation actually. Not many people get the overarching idea of us wanting to establish an ecosystem that interconnects, the pieces interconnects with each other. So I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, the economy started on, based on the notion that we wanted to educate people around their impact in order to be able to reduce it. You need to know what impact you're having to begin with. Um, that is a company set up of the backbone of an innovation project that I and Johan did uh, five or six years ago now for the Bank of Holland in calculating the environmental impact measured in CO2 on each and every credit card transaction as they wanted to engage and educate their clients in the effects that um, everyday consumption has on the climate. A few years later, setting up the economy today, we also have, in addition to our own mobile banking service in Sweden, working with it as a sandbox to learn from and to help people engage in sustainability efforts with our own credit card and our own, own app, working together with the Bank of Holland in this case as well. In addition to that, we also have the core methodology of those calculations 
being provided to any other bank or brand in the world that wants to educate their users in turn around everyday climate action provided as an API. Uh, that methodology today is supported by additional tech development and features and functions that banks can use uh, in order to go to market faster. Tech has a tremendous backlog in most organizations. Uh, and building on that, as these calculations are based on the transaction data uh, using the category average per merchant uh, category, we also decided to become more granular and to facilitate for any brand in the world that wants to shape a new relationship with their consumers around transparency and impact. And to do that, we developed the 2030 calculator that any brand can access at 2030calculator.com and do uh, instant cradle to gate calculations on product level. Uh, if I could add to that, I, I would say that the core insight is sustainability. It's about changing behavior, right? So that's key. Uh, and uh, we were looking for something that was data-driven and was connected to consumption because uh, we both have marketing backgrounds and we believe in the power of the consumer. So we were looking closely at that and uh, realized that the credit card was overseen as a tool for mass consumption, uh, irresponsible consumption. And we figured out that, hey, this could be a vehicle for responsibility and commitment towards sustainability. So it's interesting how we kind of realized that uh, we could reshape the credit card altogether. Yeah, and that is to me one of the most interesting aspects because when I first saw it, it was like, oh, it's a credit card, so you spend with it, but they're actually trying to spend you less or at least to spend you more responsibly. Mm. Um, and in fact, what, one of the things that um, I wanted to ask you, so uh, the announcement that you partnered with MasterCard is, is very recent, um, at least publicly. And so I wanted to ask you, like, how do you cope with the, with the clash of incentives that you're creating on one hand a resource to make people spend, spend or consume less? And on the other hand, you are relying on distribution partners that profit from from those transactions and the consumerism if you will yeah i would say that uh, we we had um, two partnerships in place so it's not only mastercard but it's also un f and that's very important because uh, uh it's really uh, two giants coming together showing the way where uh, a commercial credit card a, a, a something that's truly connected to speeding up consumption could could have this uh, this ability to start informing the user around their impact. And, and the thing is, if you look at Mastercard, um, it's a very big step for them to take. So we're extremely pleased that they partnered up with us. That was a very very uh, important thing. Um, obviously, looking at the distribution reaching uh, hundreds of banks and billions of users, just uh, it's pretty mind blowing. But at the same time. The uh, UNFCCC, that's a major step as well, because they were actually uh, as important in this effort. Yeah, and I think to further build on that, data-substantiated knowledge is powerful. And as an educational effort, knowledge is required to drive sustainable change. And sustainable change is achieved with the factor of great transparency. 
Great transparency has no value if it's not put to play in the most crucial intersection of behavior and, and money. And that intersection is the domain of MasterCard. So in collaboration with MasterCard and UNFCCC, I think we have succeeded in injecting transparency at the very core of consumption. Now, we're not telling you what to do. We're showing you the effects of what you have done. And you can decide yourself if you would like to be part of the solution or if you want to be part of what is challenging our ecosystem of today. I think building on what Johan is saying, I think it's very brave of the UNFCCC, United Nations Climate Change Secretary, as well as MasterCard to team up with the economy in driving this agenda in a very, in a very forceful way. One can claim that it actually challenges the MasterCard business model, the more transactions, the merrier. But then again, without any planet, there isn't any transactions at all, right? I would, I would also like to challenge that question on another perspective. If we're looking at recycling or a circular economy at a greater extent, making the most of the usage of every product produced, maybe today a product comes with one transaction. You buy fast fashion, you use it, you throw it away. If you buy slow fashion, you might be selling it to someone else who might be selling it to someone else who might in turn mm -hmm. be selling it to someone else. So there's four transactions to the product. So I would say that there's some really smart people at MasterCard figuring this out at the same time as they are contributing to taking greater responsibility for it, for the tomorrow that we are you know, hoping to see. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really remarkable that you have been able to bring all these partners together. And I think one of the most uh, underestimated SDGs is the 17th SDG, which is Partnerships for the Goals. Agree. I think that when people come together, uh, people of this caliber come together, uh, that's where really we have the power to make the impact. But let's, let's just maybe go back to the, to the core, to, to the card, right? So you said that you have this card and you are uh, testing it in, in Sweden. Right, so why don't you tell us what have you learned and the usage of the card in Sweden? What um, consumption patterns have you seen? Have you seen any change? Sure. There is a lot to be learned from this, I think. And uh, we have a few insights in the making in a report that we're putting together, but we're still working on that. But one of the early on insights that I would like to share is um, working with one of the banks that has been with us for the longest period of time. When they, when asked, their clients claimed that 25% of the ones that has been exposed to the service and the data providing them with understanding of their impact, 25% claimed to have made active choices in reducing their impact. 25%. Why is that important? Well, and is that the big number? Well, it. Of course, it depends, as any lawyer would say in any, answering any question in the world. But the ambition of the economy is to reach 1 billion people by COP26 at Glasgow. So with 1 billion people being exposed to the impact of their lifestyle consumptions manifested in, in understandable and tangible data, if 1 billion people, 25% of them choose to reduce their impact, I think we've made quite a dent. 
Uh, also, I would say that um, this is about establishing a um, completely new mindset. It's about awareness, right? So if you compare this to losing weight, uh, let's say everyone wants to lose weight. So let's provide a scale, you know? So this is the part where you get on the scale. Now, what happens after that will be a multitude of different behaviors, you know? It could be a change of lifestyle. It could be, you know, um, offsetting. It could be, you know, I'm not going to travel with an airplane for a year. We have no idea. But one, one thing we do know that it affects people in terms of awareness, you know. We're entering in with a new language around impact. It, we're changing how people look at consumption altogether. Um, and this is important. Because it's measurable, you know. So instead of uh, politics and emotions, we can actually show them something that starts making sense. We're tracking something over time, and they can themselves influence how how they impact the planet. But it's early days, to be honest. You know, uh, we're not stopping anyone. We're just telling them the connection between consumption and impact. Yeah. Um... Where does the data come from? So you have quickly touched on that, but maybe you can tell us how are you able to measure it and to what level of detail as well? Okay, so that's a very good question. And I think for anyone listening to this, this is important to understand because there is a fair amount of um, perspective to this, both on precision as well as on integrity, because with data coming into play more and more frequently in our lives by third parties, integrity is a very important issue. So what we've done is we have a three-step approach to this. The first step is to enable for as many people as possible to understand their impact in a fully automated way, carried out in a distribution system that has proven itself to be the most efficient in the world, which is the financial services system, of course. Um, In order to do so, we're using the transaction data data that is in the financial transaction. The financial transaction knows a few things. It knows who you are, so we can connect the consumption to to your your credit card at least, or debit card or any other transaction uh, on your account. It also knows where you've been spending, so it knows if you have been to a dentist or a, a florist. But if you've been to a florist, we don't know if you bought tulips or roses. So that's an important factor. That's the trade-off. To one extent, one perspective is that that's a trade-off, that we don't have the precision on SKU level. On another extent, it's the benefit out of a out of a personal integrity perspective that we don't know exactly what's in your basket. However, those who would like to have more granular data should be able to get that. So the second level is merchant ID, getting it connected to the very company that you're shopping with Uh, in order to differentiate in between companies depending on their impact. What happens then is that the competitive edge kicks in because all all of a sudden the consumer is better educated to make more informed decisions around where to spend their money uh, to have as little impact as possible. The third layer is SKU level on receipts connecting your spend and uh, sorry Matthias for anyone that doesn't know what SKU is oh SKU it, it's uh, it's uh, the, the actual product the very specific product um, 
So connecting data on product level on your receipt. So when you get the receipt, you have your amount spent and also the CO2 emission impact of that product cradle to gate uh, impact. In order to do that, we early on realized that there's just simply isn't enough products in the world that has connected impact data to them. And especially not on brand level, maybe on average at best. So what we did was we developed a 2030 calculator to enable this third level of transparency. The 2030 calculator is 2030calculator.com is a platform for any brand that wants to calculate the carbon footprint of their specific products. And as a side effect of that, positive side effect of that is that we're building a big database for academia and media and anyone else to better understand the carbon footprint of products connected to brand. The other side effect of that is the ability to label your product with the footprint. With that said, all of a sudden carbon labeling is coming into play and we're moving from post-purchase information in educating the consumers to pre-purchase information, sort of uh, weaponizing consumers with the ability to, to drive credible and sustainable change in making more informed decisions pre-purchase around lesser impact products. No, I mean, I, I, so you realize that uh, measuring on transaction level will always only be an average, right? So it's the starting point to understand uh, impact, uh, but uh, we need to move to product level. Uh, product level is important because uh, you are establishing a way uh, for for consumers to compare based on impact, right? And, and if you think about it, uh, it's going to most likely generate an opportunity for, for a local brand that has a higher uh, price but a lower impact than to compete with uh, a cheaper product. And that's a very interesting scenario. Um, so um, I, I would say that getting impact next to price is going to influence all commercial activities next coming decade for sure. So it's a big, pretty yeah. big thing. It's so, a big scenario. <laughs> yeah, let's hope to see that very soon. Um, so you talk about the 2030 calculator and I understand it as like a, an enabler. Uh, a, a core product mm -hmm. that you and other partners can can use. Yeah. Why don't you tell us also other services that you offer through this calculator? Uh, I've seen that you have a Shopify app and, yeah. and the Planet Loyalty app. What, yeah. what are those two? Okay, great. So, so you know, the initiative is proactive, obviously. So it's about uh, accelerating brands' capacity to make calculations. Once the calculations are in place, obviously, uh, the big opportunity is digital receipts. But right now, we're definitely focusing on the calculator itself, uh, especially upgrading the number of product categories. So that's our main focus right now. And you asked also earlier on the data, and, and the important part of this is to establish comparability in between products, comparability in between transactions, and comparability in between behavior. And for doing that in the most credible way, we work with the absolute front runners in impact data calculations, namely Standard & Poor, TrueCost, in regard of the calculations on transaction level, and with EcoInvent uh, on transactions connected impact on the material level for products. 
And this is important because the evolution of impact is so rapid now, specifically connected to the energy mix in the different areas. And with that having such strong impact and with such strong development coming to renewable sources, moving from fossil, it's very important to have up-to-date data in order to be credible in this space. I think it's unfortunate when people are using old data in illustrating impact that it's just simply not true anymore. Uh, now, obviously, there will be a natural lag in getting all the data aggregated, but we're trying to work with not only the best of data, but also as a component of that, the freshest of data. Because it's important for everyone also to see the positive change that we are achieving together. Yeah, absolutely. And are you looking into any decentralized applications or, or I'm thinking about, for example, a blockchain technology application that could really capture and aggregate all that data and, and moving away from like a, a, a centralized source of information like, like you have mentioned just now? Definitely. I think uh, this is one of the most interesting and equally as complex areas in the world moving forward. Not only uh, where do we get the data from, what is data, how do you verify data and how do you put it to play with great respect for safety and integrity. Because data has in, la in recent years proven to be extremely dangerous in regard of uh, um, miseducating or misleading people as well as, as tracking people to begin with. So we would like to be using the best practice in that space. However, we might not be the ones leading the charge in the data space. We will lead the charge in making the most of the data work to educate people to lessen their impact and to provide to a more sustainable tomorrow. We should embrace any opportunity to work with fresher or better data. And sometimes we might even be able to facilitate the creation of that. And that is something that we're looking forward to, but it's not necessarily within the scope right now. Uh, one of the challenges for us is that we need also to focus uh, on what's at core, you know, educating the many and enabling our partners or partners to be such as brands and in this case banks or energy companies or telcos to participate in educating the many. We can't do this on our own. We are uh, we're pretty good at what we do, we hope, but you know, the world is a big place. We need partnerships to, to be able to provide to this. And standing on the shoulders of giants has always been our strategy. Coming back to what you said around your favorite SDG, partnerships, you know, collaboration is at core. If we do not collaborate and if we do not innovate, we will not get out of this mess that we have created together. Yeah, absolutely. So when, uh, when can we expect to see your cards everywhere? in the world or at least in Europe? Oh, that's, a, that's a, the best question today. I think maybe never, uh, because one way of distributing this data is, as an educational effort is to provide the application and connecting it to your existing cards instead of providing you with yet another card. So working mm -hmm. with an open banking platform within the PSD2 area, we could potentially provide you with the insights that you need without having to sell you a new card. This economy could pretty much equip every card with this uh, ability to provide insights and to support consumers in more sustainable purchase decisions. For now, you have to move to Sweden if you want to have a do card. 
<laughs> I, I was thinking about it. actually. Yeah. I was uh, working with part. a Swedish company at some point. I was even thinking about it. So we should discuss that more. <laughs> we'll see. I, I'll reach out if I, if I do. Um, listen, I, I would like to ask you outside of, of the economy, more maybe a personal question. What does the world in 10 years look like to Matthias and to, to Johan? Right now, we're, we're looking at the world and we're, we're obviously connecting the dots in terms of realizing that, you know, a factory in China uh, producing our sneakers is causing problems in, in Sweden, right? But if you look at it from a sustainability perspective, you have to, you know, you have to start where, where you're located, you know, you have to change behaviors and, and, and where you're uh, in your nearest uh, of environments. You know? So I, I think that that's a very interesting opportunity. So sustainability and change of behavior, I would say that uh, at least looking from it, from my perspective and my life with my family, we will uh, become more local. Uh, we will shop local, we will travel less, we will recycle more, we would, you know, we, we will do all the things that we can do in our lives to support a, a bigger change. And I think if we can see that development, especially, um, you know, the, the countries causing the biggest pollution, um, we need to start on, on locally. I think that's, that's the key. So 25 years, you said. No, I said 10. I, I know you're a super visionary. But that's only 25 years. That's 10 years from now. Okay. We can't even predict the next year. No. I wouldn't go so far, no. but 10 years. No. 10 years is a, it's a good number. No, no, I think that we will see tremendous change. I think we will be in a much better place. I think it will be lucrative to save the planet. And once we redirect and in a way, I guess, redefine capitalism to work for the greater good of this rock that we all share, then I think um, 10 years from now, uh, people will be rich on uh, saving this place rather than ruining it. So it's a tremendous shift. I think many of the mm. traditional capitalist regimes will apply. It will be the same kind of game, but with a different yeah. uh, different target, different end game. And I, I, I also think that we will see a big shift in uh, energy use, for instance, which is a, a big kind of blind spot when it comes to your individual carbon footprint. Uh, so energy use is very important. Transport is very important. I mean, we've been focusing on, on consumption because it's, it's very relatable. It's something you do every day. So and it's data driven. So it's it's a way to start the dialogue. But the, the, you know we'll see big changes in, especially energy, housing, transport, stuff like that. And that that's going to have some some real impact. So who is better with CO two? Is it Johan or Matthias? Mm -hmm. <laughs> who has less? Uh, now during 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 uh, the pandemic, I think it's uh, it's it's a tie. Uh, but uh, before the pandemic, I think I was traveling by far more, and obviously that comes mm. with quite a footprint. And I had to promise my children that I'm not going to get on a plane unless it comes with the ability <laughs> to educate at least 10,000 people around their impact. That was my way to, to explain to them why I did it, because every time I did go somewhere, they were asking me, how can you travel on a plane when you're working to reduce the negative impact of our behavior? And I said, I raised you too well. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, that's that's good parenting right there. Um, what are some of the projects outside of what you're doing that you're most excited about or even that you use regularly to enable a responsible consumption? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, you see some brands obviously are using sustainability as a uh, as a really strong way to build loyalty. Uh, if you look at Patagonia, for instance, I think that the type of uh, type of brands that put that uh, into their DNA, um, those are the brands that are going to survive. So I, I I love seeing that. There's a lot of challenger brands that are coming up with uh, full concepts around uh, traceability, uh, which is very interesting to see. Um, yeah, so I mean, um, I'm, I'm very happy to see that very few seem to think that this will challenge uh, consumption altogether. Uh, instead, they're, they're, they see an opportunity, which is very positive. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to ask something yeah um yes one question around um fundraising so you mentioned about reimagining redefining capitalism and i know um, a lot of social startups sometimes have difficulties in fundraising because they pursue social mission and business um i was wondering if you had any challenges around fundraising yes uh we had challenges around fundraising one of them being uh, risk because when you're trying to do what we do we can't just be funded you know being funded for many is like uh, a very important factor but for us being funded by credible money is important in addition to just getting money on board it also comes with what kind of partners that backs that money i think it's extremely important uh, and that sort of narrows the scope a little bit, and it also has impact on how we, how we, what kind of due diligence we do on our end as well. Traditionally, uh, it's the investor doing the due diligence, but in, in in our experience, we're also trying to do a fair amount of due diligence. But I, I think uh, what we can uh, kind of conclude is that. Um, this is no longer a inattractive space. It's instead, I think that it's uh, there's a clear understanding that you can you can have a very commercial concept and you can still have a clear purpose-driven business. But in all fairness, I would say that there is with sustainability becoming a business opportunity. With business opportunity comes uh, interest. So carbon to to some it's like the new gold and obviously there will be gold diggers uh, the risk for that is not necessarily for us getting funded i mean we can we can walk our walk and we can and we can scrutinize the investors but what what the risk is is that there is other services that pop up that are here for the summer and you know it's a little bit like flavor of the month and then if it's not profitable enough it will go away and that could reduce people's trust in services providing them with this kind of insight and it could also disappoint them as they do not deliver so i think there is a fair amount of um, credibility that needs to be in place and coming back to to your note on, on collaboration marcelo is that's why we're working in collaboration tight collaboration and in partnership with the unf but also the world wildlife fund which we're very 
we, all, we almost refer to them as the McKinsey's of, of the environment because they're so knowledgeable, as well as the UNFCCC people on, on climate action. And in addition to that, we're also working with the Stockholm School of Economics, uh, the MISUM Center for Sustainable Consumption and their research work. And this is not the one-man band, you know. We, we need to collaborate in order to, to get this going, and that goes for funding as well. So I think the, we're very blessed with the investors that we have on board. They understand what we want to do. They are long-term and they are supporting us in our efforts. And sometimes our efforts can seem a little bit crazy. But um, if you want to change something, you need to stay, challenge the status quo, right? Thank you. Guys, thank you so much. We always finish the episode asking what is the thing that um, someone listening and hearing about you for the first time can do to support you either on a personal level or if he has a company what can they do i think on a personal level uh, uh, thinking of concepts where we can start promoting this new language of, of impact is important right so carbon labeling for instance a very interesting concept and Looking in to, I mean, I think that what we're doing is what everyone should be doing. Innovate in this space. Make sure that we all become aware of our individual carbon footprint uh, and find ways to reduce uh, reduce it over time. Um, I think that we uh, we should all help uh, you know help this shift from emotional ideas or emotional politics into tangible tools we need tools to fix this problem uh, so there, mm -hmm. there's a lot of very smart people out there and uh, we should just uh, join uh, in this effort on finding solutions to this problem we're working on uh, consumption uh, we need to see the same type of innovations in in transport and in in energy and all, all areas where where uh, we have impact so that's my message start start innovating yeah the best case scenario for us is not to be the best in this space is rather to be plain vanilla to have everyone catch up with us and and pass us in the innovation skill set so that our efforts are merely the standards and there is others doing more than we're doing out of an innovation perspective. I think that would be great. And uh, But on a personal note, I think it comes down to take a stand, decide what you want to do and live by that. You know, Let companies know that are investing in sustainable production or stepping up to responsibilities. Let them know that their efforts are appreciated. Show it with your wallet, you know. Stop shopping where with people not not taking care of the consequences of what they do, and I think that shift will be forceful and it will be rapid. You know, uh, educating consumers is an area that's been tremendously underserved, and the impact of educated consumers are tremendously underestimated. So let us all become better educated around the impact of our behavior and act on that impact to the best of our abilities. Educate yourself, act and innovate. I think these are three points that we can conclude with. Um, guys, thank you so much for being here. Your cooperative and humble approach, uh, it's very inspiring and I can definitely relate to the way you're doing this. 
thank you so much uh, now Marcelo for for taking the time to listen in to what we're trying to achieve and hopefully it has inspired uh, someone to, to go the extra yard in their work as well and if we can support anyone out there in uh, getting their their ideas across the line we, we're happy to do so I mean we're talking about collaboration is just words until we start collaborating so we're all to do it and talk of it Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you. I was about to say send a bottle of wine, but I guess that's not the answer. Depends where we are. <laughs>